Hello and welcome to Idea Farm. On today's podcast, Kel and I talk about um, existential questions and some reasons maybe why we don't talk about them in the classroom and we kind of go a little bit into some brain research theory, uh, definitely talk about some writing um, and why that might be good for you and give some thoughts about uh, some of the big ideas out there. And we also kind of wrap around the education system in Finland and South Korea. Um, If you are taking a moment out of your day to listen to us, uh, we surely appreciate it. If you would then go out of your way to give us some feedback, we'd appreciate it even more. So either on that that iTunes store or wherever you might be uh, getting this podcast and you can also find us at ideafarm.education so you can find everything there and interact with us there as well well again thank you for your time and off we go class which is i'm trying to do a problem-based unit i don't know how effectively i'm rolling that out but that's kind of the 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 big experimental thing that i'm doing like personally professionally but anyway um it's based on sustainability, so I'm hoping they're going to make something like some prototype that will be a solution to a problem that they identify. Mm-hmm. So we just started off um, just kind of talking about the big global issues that they're aware of already, and I kind of showed some provocative um, like clips that would try to like interest them or kind of affect them emotionally, and that led to some deeper conversations. And then, like one kid, he was just having an off week. And uh, I know this because, you know, we, we as teachers like meet and everything and we, we kind of get the, the down low on what's happening. <clears throat> He's a really smart kid. And I can't remember what the context was now, but he, he came out and said, well, life really has no meaning. This is all pointless. <laughs> and maybe he's right philosophically, but <laughs> well, he might be. I don't know. But, yeah, the, yeah. but the, the conversation just took a a dark turn immediately or, or seemingly dark turn. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of put me in the situation as a teacher, uh, especially with my style. I'm kind of a, I'm very much a conversation based teacher. It's an open dialogue that just mm-hmm. takes place constantly, you know, and I try okay. to stay out of it if it's, if it's going well between the, the students. But anyway, he was speaking to me, but to the whole class at the same time, I didn't really know how to respond to that. My knee-jerk reaction was that I felt some like adult responsibility to try to convince the kids that there is a reason that it's not pointless. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I personally believe that, but I'm also, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to argue in either direction. I mean, you could easily argue that there is no purpose to all this, right? And this is an eighth-grade classroom. Yeah, and it just kind of brought that that issue up in my mind, like, well why don't we talk about these things in school? Like it, it, I guess because we're so, especially from the U S you know, we're so afraid of like stepping into some zone of religion that we just run away from these questions, which mm-hmm. really are the most important questions that you could probably <laughs> ever ask in your entire life, you know? Right. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I was just, I was kind of, as you were talking, I was wondering, um, but like, what is our role in that? And like, 
because I, I don't necessarily think it's to provide the answers. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't either. Like the yeah. more and more I think and read about stuff, it's like that our job is just to kind of, and that's kind of what that seminar I'm kind of taking on the kind of coaching. It's like, it's, it's our role is to mediate their thinking, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of give them the tools to process um, information. And I don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't want to talk about that stuff. Cause that, that's the, the kind of joke I, I tell people is when I taught in public school, um, and someone would bring up religion, I would say, you, you should probably talk to your parents about that. And then when I taught at a religious school and they brought up science, I'd go, you probably should talk about this to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we stay out of that. It, like. Right, exactly. And, and, I, and I have to say, so, like, the context, too, is I'm a social studies teacher. I don't know. Like, yeah. and, and technically, like within this curriculum that we teach, the IB, MYP, like I'm an individuals and societies teacher, which is like an amalgamation of humanities and social sciences together, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so if anywhere, that's a place where you have to talk about it because, I mean, it can include religion as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know why we are so, like, um, I don't, I don't know if, I don't even think it's, we're protecting anyone. I don't know. I mean, we're just protecting ourselves or, um, is it a fear of litigious reaction by parents or something like that? I, I don't really know. I think that for me, kind of stop. that's part of it. But I mean, I think if we're just talking mm-hmm. in general, I would say, and you can correct me on this, we're just totally talking opinion here, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would say the average person tries to avoid that at all costs in their own mental dialogue i don't know mm-hmm. that to be true but that's my assessment mm-hmm. of humanity is that mm-hmm. um or 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 if or if people are particularly religious and and they just kind of uh assume their religion as, as tradition as to say like uh in other words i didn't consciously become a buddhist or a christian I, my dad was or my mom you know and i just did it mm-hmm. that might just give them their answers in a very even though those religions can provide you know deep understanding if you just accept it in a superficial way they might just you know that might be their comfort blanket so i guess what i'm saying is i mean being that teachers are just people i would say most teachers probably stay away from questions like that in their own mind i don't know that that's mm-hmm. true though i mean that just is something that, that came to mind well i i do know that um humans really don't like to think <laughs> you know it's a fairly new skill um in our development, you know, developmentally speaking, when it comes to, you know, how long we've existed in, in our prefrontal cortex and all that stuff. Um, and so I think we like patterns. Uh, we like things to be, um, we like to already know the answer, you know, like, our, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's an energy thing and, and, you know, we don't, if we're not purposeful about it and we don't push ourselves to do it, then a lot of times we'd rather just not think. And I think that's where like the danger of, you know, technology or whatever, like any, not even technology, anything that just keeps you complacent. And like, we're, we're easy to keep complacent, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, cause yeah. that's kind of our, our default switch is like, we'd rather not think about stuff um, mm-hmm. as an entirety. So I, w- I would say your, your assumption would be, would be accurate. I, you know, again, I don't know. Cause that's all very internal processing that people don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason. I mean, that's, that's usually the stuff. That's the only stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And, and I, and I want to second something that you said earlier, which is that, uh, yeah, I don't think it, I certainly don't think it's our job to give those answers. Mm-hmm. 
but I also don't think it's my job to leave a kid totally hopeless because I think that's what had kind of got through to that kid. Right. We weren't okay. we we weren't having that conversation per se. What we were actually talking mm -hmm. about is where are we going as a species? Like we're we're facing some massive. Uh, I mean, if you if you choose to to accept like the kind of the, the I guess the social dialogue or, or you know I don't I don't fact check all this stuff, but right, you keep hearing that ninety seven percent of of climate scientists agree that. We're facing mm. some major problems that are human caused. <laughs> so that was the context. Yeah, I mean, that was the context of the conversation. So I mean, I guess indirectly that is an ex existential question because the question is, are we going to go extinct because of our mm. own uh, refusal to, to adapt, or right. are we going to are we going to do something right? And so that uh -huh. was that was kind of what led him into, well, this is all pointless anyway. What are we doing? Because you know, you know, mm. that's that you have it's tricky, isn't it? Because these kids, and I saw a very similar thing. Uh, there at, at my last school, but um, they're not, they aren't aware. And I don't, I don't know if anyone isn't, I don't, when I was in Europe, I think the kids were more aware, but I was going to say that they're not really aware of like just simple things that are not going to save the planet per se, but just recycling. Like if you check the recycling at your school, you probably will find that most people are just throwing it wherever they want right. to put it. Of course. You know so. what I'm saying? Hmm. And it's something so simple. So that's, and I was trying to get that across to them too. So I was trying to, as they say, um, emotion drives attention and attention drives learning, right? So you have to have, and your brain kind of filters information depending on what it determines to be most important to it, right? And so number one is is existence, isn't it? How do you say that? Like a self, how do you call it where you keep yourself going? That's like your first priority. Like uh, anyway, I can't think of the, the term. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, I was just trying to tap into, hey, this is a important, like, you need to wake up and let's do something about this. But it's, mm -hmm. it's a fine line to walk between doing that and then showing these problems and, and showing how grand they are and then being like, well, there's nothing we can do about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wonder then if it's like, cause I guess we do have to be very thoughtful in, in how we're kind of presenting that material. Cause like I, I struggle with, um, you know, what is when it comes, I, I think with eighth grade, I mean, they're developmentally appropriate. It's, it's a, they're at a stage where they can theorize and kind of un understand abstract ideas. And so like, I think one of your questions at the beginning was like, you know, at what age did you start doing that? And I, and I, and I wonder, like, if you look at like Piaget's work at all, um, he talks about how like until they reach adolescence, kids can't like theorize and they can't abstract. Like it's just a very difficult thing for them to do. And so like it, I almost see like the, the job of elementary school should be to, to give them all of the foundational kind of mental models that they need mm -hmm. in order to then be functioning and be able to theorize and, and come up with, you know, you know, use those mental models and use those lattices or that, that framework to tackle all the difficult questions that kind of come their way. But, um, I, I don't know. Where I, I, I was going. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I gave the kids this year when I left the Columbus school, I was thinking just, uh, you know, every time you start over, you take what you learned and you try to make it better, you know, mm -hmm. And you kind of fine tune what you're doing. Like I was very idealistic when I was young. I mean, I'm still idealistic on a, 
I think. I mean, like compared to the average adult, probably I'm probably too idealistic, really. But when I started teaching, like I was really, um, how would I say that? I had this sense that I probably would not be a teacher more than two years. Mm. And, and why is because I thought that I would say things that would get me in trouble. Uh, mm. And uh, like, I, I thought that I would talk about topics or issues that, that people want to be left alone. You know, not, not again, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is I felt like I was convicted. I know that's a very religious term, but I felt like I was convicted to try to speak truth as best as I understood it. Mm-hmm. Not, not to proclaim that I know truth, but to, but to speak as honestly for what I do understand as I could, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm saying all that because, you know, last time we kind of talked very briefly about our philosophy of education. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's so important because it keeps clear in my mind, what am I doing? Like I'm, my philosophy of education is not for kids to learn everything about psychology or history or geography or to even save the world, to be honest with you. That's not the, my philosophy of education. If I had to boil it down, it's basically empowerment, self-empowerment. Mm, okay. And I build that on, as I mentioned last time, this idea that I want to empower kids and give them the tools, kind of like what you were saying, like um, on a different level with younger kids, but to move them in the direction of self-actualization. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I started the year off and you know, you always give these get to know you forms, don't you? Like, and, and when you right. start teaching, you just kind of ape or mimic what came before you. And I think that's good. And in many ways, like I used mm. to give like, what's your favorite sport and what color do you like? And things <laughs> sure. like that. Right. Yeah. So here's the questions I gave this year. <laughs> I can't remember all of them cause I, I forgot all about this until we were having this conversation. But on the form <laughs> I said, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do differently today? Mm. And I gave a couple more questions like that because that's really yeah. what I'm cutting into. I'm trying to like shake people up a little bit and be like, mm-hmm. because we avoid at all, we as humans, I'm saying we avoid at all costs, this impending reality that we're going to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> you are going to die eventually. Like, yeah. I mean, I used to have this analogy in my mind, like, I don't know why I chose this pirate analogy, but you know, like walk the plank. Mm-hmm. You gotta walk. We all gotta walk the plank. Right. Like yeah. You, you make this hypothetical idea in your mind, like, well, I hope I never have to, you know, like have a gun <laughs> put to have a gun put to my head or something like that. But if you mm-hmm. if you metacognitively peel back the layers of that onion, what you're really saying is, I'm afraid to die, and I don't want to mm-hmm. go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we avoid that constantly as humans. I'm saying, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, like. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm getting at here, but I try to think about death daily. Like I don't mm-hmm. find it not morbidly, but just to put myself <laughs> in check. Like, dude, you're going to die. Is this what you want to be doing right now? Like, are you using your time wisely? Are you trying to fulfill your, you know, what you consider your purpose to be? If, you, if you're one of those people who think that you have mm-hmm. some purpose, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, I, I do think it's important to challenge kids on that level. But as again, I, I personally, because I started off in the public school system, as you and I talked about, like I don't, I try not to go into a religious route with it because that's not my goal. I'm not trying to make kids religious per se. I'm trying to make them no. conscious, I'll say it that way. Yeah. And end up almost live with purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I don't, I don't know how many, I, I, I wonder, as you were talking, I was wondering just how many people have a purpose, you know, like mm-hmm. that they are aware of and that they strive to do and, and strive to be because I, I don't 
I don't, I, w- I would, I would be very curious. Maybe that will be my leading question when I meet people. What's your purpose? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they can just walk away from me and not talk to me again. And then that's yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I went through that little, I remember I would meet people in college and I would say, what's your philosophy on life? And I was kind of doing mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you know, in a joking way because it's such a heavy question to ask somebody in the beginning, but I was always interested to see what they would say. And, and most people yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be able to respond to that. And like, I don't know how I would respond right now to that question, to be honest with you. I think yeah. I could bat, spit something out, but I don't have a conscious understanding of what my philosophy on life is per se. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what that, uh, that Jordan Peterson, um, when he was talking about that self-authoring stuff. Do you remember oh, that man. part? When, I rewatched yeah, that whole uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. Oh, you rewatched, you watched it twice or? Well, well no, I watched the entire, in other words, I had seen pieces of it. Oh, okay. which, was actually, which actually was a very specific part of that conversation where they were talking about the gender pronouns. But that whole conversation was incredible. Like they went. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That kind of that, that, I've had that happen to me the last couple months. And then I read, <laughs> I read a book. I read this book called Dark Matter. And mm. um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, well-written. It's a, it's a story about a scientist. Uh, you know, it's fiction, but the, the base of it is like quantum mechanics and how there are an infinite amount of parallel universes kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so those, <laughs> the, those two things have really kind of got the old, the old gears kind of and cogs twisted in my head. Um, yeah. And so like just theorizing about if, God. Oh, but let me get back to the self-offering thing. Let's not go down that thing. Uh, I think that's <laughs> kind of what I think that's kind of what he is talking about. It's like you, we kind of as a the, you go through that writing process and kind of map yourself out so that you can understand, you know, who you are and what drives you and and what you could do. Maybe shore up some weaknesses, make some strengths stronger. Um, mm-hmm. So that you can visualize and, and get done what you want to get done with life and kind of figure that stuff out. So I think there's a good power in writing that I, I think most people, I know we're making very broad guesses here today, <laughs> but I, yeah. I think most people don't really take the time to, I don't, you know, I, I, I kind of signed up for that self-authoring thing because I'd like to go through that process. I just haven't found the time yet. I shouldn't say I haven't found the time. I haven't chosen to do it in the time that I'm given um, at this point, but I'm going to at some point. Mm-hmm. I started, it, it was so, it was so enlightening to see that. Cause you know, in our last conversation, you told me, you know, you're like, I got to start writing more. And I didn't understand the context of what you were saying until mm-hmm. I watched that podcast again. And I found it fascinating because I stumbled onto that, not knowing the benefits of it. Like I started mm-hmm. writing probably when I was 20, well, I don't, I'll say this, you know, it's funny how these seeds end up in your consciousness in life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember as a younger person, like, say, young, like 17, 18, and I, and I don't even know why now, but I think I saw a thing on the History Channel, and I thought that Da Vinci, and at least at that point in my life, I was like, he's the most fascinating dude ever. Like, I just, he seemed like such a well-rounded, super intelligent guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Um, this is going to be a super like meta type conversation. That's and like, 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 but I guess, cause my, like I got a thousand things firing as I'm saying that cause as, I'm, as I'm telling you this story, I'm like, Oh, this is how I ended up at self-actualization because I was wondering, but anyway, with that being said, uh, one of the things that I remember from this thing on the history channel when I was a kid, when I was totally unconscious was, um, was that Da Vinci always kept a notebook with him. Mm. 
And I don't know, like something intuitively within me, and that's why I was thinking about self-actualization, clung to that. I don't, I, you know, you create your own models. You create your own role models. Mm. And they change as you get older, right? When you're a kid, your role models are like adults, like your teachers and things like that. And then you get to like middle school and it's your, your peers more or less. And then as you get older, it tends to be like people that embody what you admire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that planted some seed in me. And so at like 20 or 21, I started to write like almost nothing. Like uh, the, my girlfriend at the time bought me like a notebook. It was kind of like a journal type notebook. And, and it took me like... Um, let's see from like 20 or 21 till I graduated college and I graduated college late. So to 24 and I had not filled that notebook up. So I just wrote very, very few times. Right. And then from that age, uh, from 24, which is when it really started from when I graduated college to when I left South Carolina, which was two years later, I had written six of those notebooks and just feel, I was just almost manic, you know, just writing constantly, constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was literally, it was, you know, I, I hate to make these things religious, but I'm from the South and I have to dramatize everything. You know what I'm saying? So this is like a very religious experience in a way, but I had just yeah. moved to Charleston, South Carolina. And when I graduated college, I was like, man, I don't want to be a teacher. <laughs> so I was waiting tables because mm-hmm. that's what I did in college. But you can actually, in a, in a, in a tourist town like Charleston, you can make a living doing that. You can make yes, $40,000 or so a year waiting tables, you know, sure. but I remember just feeling mm-hmm. and, and piled on top of this, I had this extreme pressure of student loans, which I hear on mm-hmm. the side note is like supposed to be like, uh, uh, going to be like the next big bubble, like a crisis or something. But I was just, this was after the, you know, the, the, the recession in 2007 or eight. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, like there was no, there was very little leniency in playing back your loan. So here I am waiting tables. I don't want to be a teacher. I've got like loan people calling me, threatening me constantly. And I just had all this on me and I literally woke up. I've, I've like, this is, this is what I was telling you. Like I wrote a few things just trying to go through the motions of being the type of person I wanted to be. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I, I couldn't sleep, man. And I was in this little, it was in, you know, I'd have been in Charleston for maybe two weeks and I literally just kind of snapped awake you know i was kind of half asleep half awake tossing and turning it was like 2 a.m in the morning and i got up and i don't even know where it came from but i just started writing a story and i couldn't stop until i finished this mm. story in my head i don't know why and it was mm. a very meta story it was almost like about a guy sitting in his bed writing in his notebook you know what i'm saying something <laughs> like that mm. and i just never stopped but i didn't understand why i was doing that I just mm. did it. I just trusted this intuitive thing to do it. And I've been doing mm. that for years now. And I think that's, and so when I saw Jordan Peterson talking about that, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't, I just, I'm lucky that I've been, cause I've, I've learned, you, you know, so much about myself. You put it on paper and then you're like, wow, I didn't know all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That just, it's, it's probably been maybe the most important thing in my life. I would say. Yeah. I, I would, I would think so. It'd be up there for sure. And everywhere I live now, I have to consider it. I don't mm-hmm. have to, but I choose to everywhere I live now. I'm like, if this were a novel and that was the meta thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I guess kind of to, to bring this to where I started with this kid, um, talking about this kid in class, you know, everywhere I go, I, I imagine if this were a novel, how would I want it to go? Not mm-hmm. trying to not. And what I mean by that is not trying to dominate my life in the sense of I want to control everything, but 
why don't I make this life interesting? Mm. Would this life be more interesting if I sit at home tonight and watch TV or I went out mm -hmm. and see what happens? Mm -hmm. If I have this conversation with this person that, my, that, you know, whatever, how many times does your intuition speak to you on a daily basis to tell you, Hey, I should pick that up or I should do this thing or I should do that. And you just mm -hmm. brush it aside mm -hmm. to stay in your routine, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a symptom of not realizing you are alive in a miracle of, you know, when I say creation, I don't mean it in a, in a sense of religion necessarily, but like, just think about like dark matter, for example, that's, that's kind of where we went in that conversation with, with, that, with that kid that I had in class. Like I heard this thing the other day. Um, it was on the Joe Rogan podcast, actually. Uh, he was saying that there's some guys who speculate that, you know, these galaxies, like the one that we're in the Milky way that spins, they think that there's mm -hmm. a, they, they hypothesize that there might be massive black holes in the center of them. And that's why they spin like water going down a drain, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. And that down these black holes, it's like a fractal pattern. You know what I'm talking about? Those infinite mm -hmm. fractal patterns that right. go on infinitely into other, like, a, I guess, as I understand it, it would be like the multiverse, kind of like what you were saying, like parallel universes. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just this, how incredible is that? <laughs> how amazing is that? I don't want to create a group of kids that I never get them to think about these things that inspire them. And I'm just training them to be consumers and just to fill this mm -hmm. next job for this consumer economy. I mean, how soulless is that? Or like how right. inhuman, how unhuman is that? Let's say it in that way. Like, yeah, man, like, well, I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's our job now. Um, and that's where I had mentioned that book, um, most likely to succeed. Um, so I finished that this week. And it's like, we're, we're just, it, we're doing such a bad job, <laughs> you know, I mean, collectively and, you know, United States kind of in particular when it comes to preparing the kids to deal with, you know, the present, you know, um, cause our model is just old. It's an old model and it's teaching them old skills that don't necessarily matter anymore. Um, and so it just seems like we, we need, we need the race to, you know, our species to elevate and to, um, if we're going to solve all this stuff and we're going to, you know, kind of go down that road to, to try and solve these big problems that we have, like we, we need to be sure that we're giving every child those skills um, and that, that want and that, um, that curiosity, you know, is the kind of the habits of mind and, and all of that stuff that, that we, mm -hmm. that, um, are kind of coming out. And it's like, how do we make sure that every child gets that? Um, mm -hmm. and I know you, we just, you know, you start where you can. And then that's one thing as educators, you always hear people complain, you know, Oh, I wish the school was like this or, Oh, we should be doing that. And the, and the question I always have is like, what's stopping you? You know, you, you are in control of your classroom, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe if you work in the public school system, that might be trickier, but if you work internationally, I mean, I, there's the school I work at, I mean, I, I can, there's a framework I have to stay within, but I can basically do what I want. You know, it's, I'm a, um, so like I can read something and think about it and then try it and see what happens and kind of do my iterations and, and figure things out. So, um, it's that's always kind of confused me about teachers or, or, or people that I, I listen to when they're kind of complaining about, you know, why, how we should change things. And it's just like, well, we'll start with you, you know, just do things, <laughs> see what happens. I mean, I take this job, 
I can't say that I don't lose sight of this sometimes, but like hearing you say that, and I, I want to say this to myself or by myself, like, cause this is how I started. And I, and mm-hmm. I remember thinking, cause I was pretty good. Like kids love me immediately as a teacher um, mm-hmm. on the high school level that is. And, and I was surrounded by a lot of negative teachers. I mean, there were some good ones too. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. and I remember thinking when I become like that, I don't want to teach anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, and, and this is what I wanted to say, like, I take this job so seriously. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm out, that I'm at home every night planning the best lesson ever. What it does mean is that I know that every day there's a hundred kids walking through my presence and I can either make a positive impact on them or a negative impact on them. And I can, mm-hmm. if I'm half-assed in what I do, I mean, not only a, they're not going to learn the particular skill or knowledge, but I'm also modeling how to be a half-assed person, you know? Yeah. I mean, how could you not take that seriously? You're affecting because especially like grade five and then, you know, it starts to change a bit in middle school and all, but you are their role models. They admire Mm -hmm. you. They Mm -hmm. are there to impress you. I mean, how could you not take that so seriously? Like, do you realize the impact good or bad that you can have on a person's life with the perceived power that they give you? Like, it's important, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, and that's one of the, the, um, those things I'm trying to kind of overcome and change about myself is like, I don't want, I'm trying to break down that perceived power. You know, I, I kind of want one of the, one of the, the statements I had read that really stuck with me is like, if you don't give, if you don't allow someone to say no, like their yes means nothing, you know? Um, and so that, what, what do you mean? I don't understand that. If so, if, if I just tell you to do like if, if in a school setting, mm-hmm. um, I want the kids to want to sit, sit and learn. You know, I don't want mm-hmm. them to, to come to a lesson because they have to, or because I've right. told them, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's, right. that's kind of like a, but like, where do you draw the line and kind of what's the, you know, so that's kind of my internal kind of struggle and, and process is, is like, it should be okay if a kid said, I don't, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do this right now. Um, and then it's, it's kind of my, it's my job then to do everything I can to make them see the importance of it, uh, and to kind of partner with them and work with them as, as equals, um, letting them know that I, and you know, I learn from them, they learn from me kind of thing. So that's, I mean, I lose sight of that at times. Don't get me wrong. Not, <laughs> I have not reached the level of, of teaching that, that, um, that I want to for sure. Um, but I mean, that's, that's kind of been my thought is, is how do I, how do I make sure kids are bought in and, and want, cause and a real quick kind of example of that, that is not from my class. Um, but th- I had read this book about, um, most of the smartest kids in the world. That was the name of it. Um, and it was about foreign exchange students from the United States going to different high uh, performing countries. So like, uh, Finland, South Korea. Um, and I think Poland because Poland is, is kind of an up and coming education country. Um, but the thing that the, the girl found in Finland is, um, she's, she said the same groups are there, you know, you got your, your stone you know, you got your stoners, you got kids, you know, the popular kids, you got kids that are, you know, on the fringes. And she said the difference between the school she was at in Finland and the school she was at in the States is that every single kid was bought in. Every, every one of them 
knew that what they were going through was making them a better person and that, that it was important. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, you know, <laughs> I've, but you know, I, I'm trying to get there, you know, and, and it's like, it's, it's thinking that you could start off day one <laughs> with, kids, with kids bought in just the, 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 what you could do, you know, as a, as a group or as a, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> to dream a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because you were saying before that some kids have had like major damage done to them mm-hmm. from their experience with teachers before they ever get to you. So I mean yeah. that that will affect the level up to which they're bought in to. Yes, you know, yeah, of course. To where they're doing, and you know something that stood out to me that with um, it's Finland, right? Like the mm-hmm. when Michael Moore was doing his interview with some of those teachers there, like regardless of. Um, what subject they taught, they, they kind of identified their main goal was to create happy people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and you mentioned South Korea, correct? Because the kids here are crazy. I mean, it's incredible. I, you could not, I mean, if, it, if you were like looking for a populace where you could be like, hey, do this, and they do it 10 times more than you ever wanted them to do, you would not find mm-hmm. a more... Like, you know, you couldn't find uh, a group of kids that match that more. However, we're talking about a country that is number one or number two in the world in alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. And at least the last time I checked, it was meaning, uh, in other words, this might not be right, but if it's not number one, it's top three, highest suicide rate in the world. And I think mm-hmm. it was number one teen suicide rate in the world. Um, um, which is a reflection of the society, I think. Like, mm-hmm. do, do you know anything about how they with their education system here? Yeah, in the, in the book, um, I mean, it's it's been they've done a very it's like an incredible feat they've done because where they started, I think, in the um, late seventies, early eighties, their economy was basically that of present day Iraq, you know, or Afghanistan. Right. Like that, that was what their economy was, and now they're you know because of what they did in their education system if you just look at it a purely, you know, the ends justify the means kind of thing, um, when it comes to the economy, I mean, they're, they're one of, it's incredible how far they've come. And what they did was they, they tried to be, to make it as, um, equal as possible. So like, no matter who you are, um, where you go to college is based on that, the, a test they take their senior year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's that, that's it. Like how you do on that test determines where you go to college. And so they thought that was a good idea and they wanted to make things fair. And I mean, that has caused, um, some really, you know, a lot of money spent on the, what are the after school programs? They're not, it's not Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. I was like Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah, Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of money being spent on that. There's a lot of tired kids. I heard that they have an arm pillow. You know, at least in some of those schools uh-huh. where they, they they have this kind of pillow thing on their head on their arms so that they can sleep during the school day so that they can study then at night kind of thing, which is mm-hmm. very perverse if you think about it. Um, yeah. And then the the teachers have a little wand that they use to kind of gently tap their heads to wake them up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then when they take the test, um, 
like the whole country shuts down. Like it's a very national thing because you have to listen to English at some point. And so they even ground the planes. So there's like no planes flying at that time. So it's, everything's very serious and everything is taken seriously. Um, mm -hmm. and the thing they said in the book was it wasn't so much the early teen suicide, like high school. It's after they take the test and they're not getting into one of the top three universities. Because if you don't go to one of the top three, then you're, you are plateaued. You have a ceiling that you can't get past when it comes mm -hmm. to the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so it's more so the, from, I haven't looked into the statistics at all, just from what the, the um, book was saying, it was more like early adults suicide mm -hmm. because they see that they're not going to advance like they want to and, and that they're stuck. And so, and I know the current, well, I shouldn't say current, um, whoever was ministry educate minister of education at the time that book was being written is like, they're aware of the problems and they're, they're trying to figure out ways to kind of help with that and kind of change the system. They're just not sure where to go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I think people work the same way that the kids study. I don't think mm -hmm. they'd ever, in, that's my thing. Cause like my kids are in grade eight and they take it so seriously. Like, uh, which is good. I mean, that's admirable in many ways, isn't it? But life is about balance. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, when I was in the States, man, first off, I, I said this before, like I, I'm not really a teacher that gives homework because I don't, I'm just not mm -hmm. into homework uh, philosophically. Like I didn't, when I was a kid in high school, I just didn't do homework and I still passed mm -hmm. my classes and I would have passed with mm -hmm. higher averages had I not gotten zeros for the work I didn't do at home. <laughs> right. just never wanted, I just never was into it, you know? Yeah. And they, on a, on a side note too, as a teacher, and again, it depends on the subject. I'm not a math teacher or something like that. So if I'm doing things the right way, they are going to inevitably think about the things we're talking about in class. I don't mm -hmm. have to assign you mm -hmm. something to do. You're just going to start to think about right. it. But with that being said, um, if I gave South, if I gave homework in South Carolina, man, what are you doing? You might get two or three kids out of a class who are going to bring it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember where I was going with that, but you know, I guess I was, I guess I was trying to make the point that these kids are so driven. Mm -hmm. That's admirable because I also think that in the U S we're out of balance in the opposite way. Like we just take for granted everything that, mm -hmm. or at least that education system, I'll put, I'll say that. But I, you know, with that being said, with considering that Korea has so much alcohol consumption, which I maybe incorrectly associate with unhappiness. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. alcohol is a drug that makes you numb to reality. Right. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't enhance it. It numbs it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, and then the suicide rate as well. And I'm like, you're in grade eight. <laughs> if you're this stressed out already, when's it going to get better? Yeah. Like, I, I think we have to ask that question. I mean, mm -hmm. what is the point of all this? Yeah. You got into this great mm -hmm. college. Now what you're going to get a nice car. Mm -hmm. And, and like the best clothes, like what, what's the, what is the, what is the end of all this? What are you really trying to like, that's peel back the onion layers of your own psyche. What are you trying to do and why are you trying to do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, no. Cause like if you, if it, everything that I've, I've seen and, and looked at, it's, it's, if you're on, I can never remember the treadmill. Maybe you know when you when your life is about uh, things, um, like you're making money to buy stuff, and then that stuff gets old, so you buy new stuff. And like if if yeah. you get your happiness through that, and that's what you you 
put value on that you're never going to be happy and you're never going to be satisfied and you're never, you know, you're just on this treadmill that is never ending. But where, where happiness is, it's like, it's working with, with people. It's, it's collaborating. It's, it's helping out people who have not had the same opportunities that you've had and that are struggling and with life and then, and trying to give service to them and then and, and helping them and, and, you know, just experiencing things, you know, it's, it's putting yourself into experiences um, that kind of last with you and, and being around people. Um, so it's, it's really is, like I understand that that government made a conscious decision to to be better. Like they they and this was the direction they took. But like if you look at like Finland, it's like they want their like you said they want their kids they want the people to be happy and they want them to do something important and they want them to be self aware and self actualized and 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 like it's it's okay if you don't want to make a bunch of money you know it's it's that's not what everything's about it's it's about um you know the, like the happiness and and because I, I going back to something you said earlier like if you ever became angry and bitter you'd want to stop teaching and I, I i always think like teaching if you are upset like and you don't and you're not a happy person like teaching is you, you is the worst job in the world. Like you, you, there's, there's no way that you should be a teacher because <laughs> mm-hmm. just, because a, it's hard. <laughs> it's one of the hardest jobs. There is. There's something we make 900 to a thousand decisions a day. Right. That's what the, I've seen that stat somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the mental process and the mental effort that you have to put in is, is horribly demanding. Um, and then you're just affect more, but more importantly, you're, you're having such a negative effect on these little, precious mm. beings that you know <laughs> yeah have no choice to be in your classroom they're not choosing to be there <laughs> so um but uh, let me ask you this where did the class go when that student brought that up like what happened after that when he said there's no purpose and well i wanted him to follow that thought mm-hmm. and so i asked well what are the what do you guys think what do you think about that mm. Cause I knew my, my impulse was, I don't think that. And I want to tell you this, but I wanted to see, I wanted to, I wanted to see where it would go. But mm-hmm. I think the, the most important decision I made in that split second moment, I never thought about making like 900,000 decisions a day is I don't want to sweep this under the rug because I was about to, mm. I was about to be like, Oh no, there's a lot to be happy about. Okay. There's this thing. And then like, you know, <laughs> like change the subject. So I wanted them to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And they did for a minute. And I don't, I don't remember the, I was already impacted. Like I was already having this internal dialogue with myself because I realized my knee jerk reactions. So, I mean, I was kind of guiding them through having that conversation with one another, but on, on another level, I was talking to myself and I was thinking, man, why did I, why was I so afraid to go here? And why was I about to just ignore, which is almost, you know, you would have to see how the kid did it too. It was almost, I mean, this is bias, I guess for me to say it this way, but it was almost like a cry for help a little bit to be like, Mm-hmm. tell me that's not true you know what i'm saying like tell me that i'm wrong okay. about this you know yeah and then eventually you, I had a, okay, go ahead. yeah go ahead no 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 go well eventually i just got to uh my own spiel about that we just get numb at some point in life we just forget dude 
things in the air mixed together and it causes a chemical reaction and boom, some stuff falls on the ground called snow and you just get so numb to it. You just get stuck in your routine that you forget. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is incredible. Like you mm -hmm. are alive in this thing, in this hologram or whatever it is for a small amount of time. <laughs> and it is so fascinating. And we just let that get beat out of us because we focus on the most narrow points of it. And it might be, a, I don't know, maybe it's a result of materialism uh, because so many of our, you know, I mean, most economies are capitalistic in the world and, and it's very much driven by materialism, right? But it, it has deeper social consequences beyond just, I mean, the, you know, in other words, there was a time in humanity when they focused on the non-material, you know, they focused on that and that had its mm -hmm. negative effects as well. Like we, we keep swinging from one side to the other side, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I got, from there, I went into that just talk of cosmology like do you realize this and you know i don't know that this is true but here's what they say and this is just like incredibly like i just wanted the kid to be excited at least about yeah i don't know either mm -hmm. but hey this is super cool like look i mean this is incredible like this is at the very least even if there is no purpose it's incredible you know what i'm saying it's it's fascinating mm -hmm. and you're a part of it for a small amount of time yeah. well yeah. I, that just sparks um there is some, I think, interesting research about the whole idea of awe and like trying to give, like, it was all based on um, astronauts who have been out into space and looked at Earth. And if, if, you, if you have that experience, it completely changes like your outlook and your, your thought process. Cause you, you know, you see us as a whole, you know, there's no division. There's, you know, everything's kind of connected and, and you're in, you have this moment of complete and utter awe uh, and it changes you. And it, so it's this idea of kind of, I think what you're, you're, you're saying is like, you're trying to give students moments of awe so that they do see kind of the beauty and, and try and change the way of their outlooks and kind of self-actualize mm -hmm. possibly. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, also even on a more superficial level, have you ever had a job you hated? Uh, for short times. Yeah. I usually yeah, get out of those quick. Yeah. But how many people do that forever? Yeah. 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 What are you doing? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's so hard to snap out of it. It's like, you're going to die one day. You weren't yeah. put here to go to this thing and pull this lever a thousand times. I had like a factory job for a summer and I, you know, mm -hmm. it was the most maddening thing ever, but there were people who did it as a career. Like that was mm -hmm. their thing. Like, yeah. Well, gosh. some of that is, some of that is sacrifice, right? They're just, they're trying to make a better life for their kids, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, but I, was but I think that, I was, yeah, but I was saying, I think that time is coming to an end, you know? I think that used to be how you had to do things. Um, but that I think the one thing about our present is that you, I don't think we're going to have to do that. You know, um, at least I hope not. And yeah, I, I, don't, I, I hope there is a fundamental shift coming when it comes to higher education and what it means to be, or education in general and what it means mm. to be someone qualified to work. Cause there is, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I do have to, to go to my thing, but um, I'm going to end my thinking on this thought and then you can have your go with it. But um, there was a, an anecdote in the book um, that I was reading. It was 
this company was hiring, I don't know, some sort of manager or, or salesman or something. And they were looking at this resume and the resume is like, you know, amazing. This is, this guy had, you know, put together all these big deals. Um, everyone had glowing records of him and just really an outstanding person that you would want in your organization. And then this company was about to hire this person and saw his SAT scores and they were not what they were hoping they would be. And so they didn't hire him. And it's just like, how can you be so short-sighted that that matters, that SAT scores matter? Like, it's just so bizarre to me that you would say, oh yeah, no, we see this life experience you have and all the things you've done, but this test you took 20 years ago, that uh, we're, we're out, we're out of this, sorry. We're, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna work with you. And so it's just, it's how do we get out of that mentality as a society? And Wow, and, and how blessed, if I can use that word, how blessed was that guy mm -hmm. that he didn't take that job with those right, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I mean you, maybe, maybe I've got like a, maybe I just, this is probably some type of like mental defense of mine, I'm sure, but like when I was applying to jobs to other schools, I was like, man, if these people don't want me, I'm lucky that I, like, I feel like my, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm, I'm confident that I'm good at what I do. And if I don't have this particular, cause like getting into IB specifically, dude, mm -hmm. if you don't have experience, they don't want anything to do with you. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such like a SAT type thing. I mean, it, with mm -hmm. some validity, I mean, you know, there's a certain amount of knowledge that comes with that, uh, that, you know, they don't mm -hmm. want to take the time to train someone in that. But I mean, knowing the IB or that particular curriculum does not make you a good teacher. You got to be a mm -hmm. good teacher. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, and that's a that's a common theme, you know, through everything. That's why it's not like technology doesn't fix anything. You have to be a good teacher, you know. Nothing fixes anything. It's, like, it's you as the it's you as the professional that needs to fix stuff for yourself, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and on that note, I think I will bid you an adieu. Um, it's always nice to see the the day awaken behind you. I know you can't see it. Yeah, it's nice. Just, yeah, but I'm <laughs> no, seeing I, it. I see you. it when I wake up. And we're waking up as you're going to bed. So. Yeah, man. Uh, well, have a good one. It was a pleasure as always. Yeah, man, for sure. I'll be in touch with you. Yeah. All right. Bye -bye. Oh, uh, let me get, I'm going to stop something real quick, but let me talk. Uh, I have a.